Welcome to the backdrop, Untold Stories in Golf. I'm your host and co-founder of New Club, Matt Considine. Today, our very special guest is Ella Coelho Mack. She's a musician, a programmer, a passionate golfer, and an even more passionate humanitarian. She also happens to be the events coordinator for New Club, helping organize and operate our local competitions and our club-wide fixtures. We're very excited to have Ella on the team and also very excited to welcome her to the backdrop today. Today's episode of the backdrop would not be possible without our friends and partners, True Temper, Golf Blueprint, and this July's official partner of the Summer Medal in Northern Michigan, Journeyman Distillery. Journeyman offers an extensive portfolio of handcrafted artisan spirits that have a true sense of place. They utilize all locally sourced Midwest organic grains and use unfiltered, untreated water from an underground aquifer in Three Oaks, Michigan. While whiskey is Bill and Joanna Welter's passion, all their products have a special place in their heart. Experimentation, variety, quality are all motivation for them. Stop by and check them out on your next road trip or go see their 3,000 square foot putting green. It's worth the trip. They have their full line of spirits over at journeymandistillery.com. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Ella Quichlo Mac. Close enough. Welcome to the backdrop. <laughs> Thank you for having me on the backdrop. How'd I do? Give me a, a F um, through A on, on the pronunciation like a of your new C last name. Plus. All right, I'll take it. That was that Quelu. was my life. Quelu. 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 It's a long, long. It's close enough. Quelu. It's a beautiful name. I I have to to tell you that I think you have like the best hyphenated last name in the world because you have like the perfect combination of first off, Ella Mac is badass. Like, yeah, my parents really did something there for sure. Yeah, Ella Mac is, <laughs> you know, you don't mess with Ella Mac. Like that's so that's just a great great succinct name but then you add in like the beauty of the name i struggle to pronounce quill you and i think mm-hmm. you know you're it's uh, a good name so you when i met you and and welcome to the backdrop first off thanks for being this here this is fun yeah, I like I'm, glad, this. I'm, I'm glad you're 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 on the show we we try to get uh as many of the staff to 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 join so members can get to know us <laughs> and uh hear how irreverent we really are in real life um, Since I dropped a few swears, I'm not going to offend anyone. Or, <laughs> but uh, but you married a Brazilian to to live in Brazil during the winters, right? That was the goal. Uh, yeah, that and the Brazilian barbecue. Brazilian barbecue. Oh I, I I'm not familiar. What's their it's life changing? They just so you spend a whole afternoon in Brazil by the pool, like more beers than you could fathom drinking in a day. And like sausage and steak and chicken and like this garlic bread, the garlic bread in Brazil, let me tell you, it's so next level. Like you think your grandmother makes a good garlic bread, you're wrong because it's not as good as the Brazilians. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. Whole nother level. It's, uh, I mean, when I think, when I think Brazil, it's like soccer, right? It's, it's yeah, like, 100%. Is everyone there just like oh, a plus five handicapped soccer player? <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's so intense. Like, I thought people like here, like with literally American football, like huge fans. No, you don't even know what fandom is until you go and you meet some like 
some Brazilians who are like huge soccer fans, like die hard for their like local team. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, is there um, similarities between what, what city in Brazil do you visit? Or is your, uh, we go on to Rio, to Rio, Rio. de Janeiro. Is, mm-hmm. is Rio like, I mean, I know it's a big city, but yeah. like, are there any similarities to Chicago? Um, no. <laughs> I mean, the people are really nice here because it's the Midwest, but the people in Brazil are just like so welcoming. And it's, I mean, it's just everybody wants to help you out and cook for you and be nice to you, which I think is like very Midwestern. Yeah. yeah what, what like? my, one of my uh, only interactions with, with folks from Brazil was when I was a uh, young man living in downtown <laughs> Chicago and uh, I went to a friend's house party or pre like before we went out to the bars or whatever. And, uh, there was two of the best looking men I've ever seen in my life walking through the door and they're like her upstairs neighbors. And, and they are these two Brazilian guys that were just like dressed to the nines, like so sharp, so nice. Like, and they just, they just walk into the party, just start, uh, making caparinhas. Is that caparinhas? Caparinhas. Is that caparinha? Caparinha. See, I just, I just, it's the national drink of Brazil. And it is so good. (laughs) Well, I just had like one of the funnest nights of my life with those two. And then they disappeared. I think they jumped on a helicopter and flew away, but (laughs) they uh, probably just had to go and be dapper somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, we, we can talk about Brazil, but I want to talk about Ella because, you know, uh, one thing we do on this show and I like to move it up in the broadcast, you were a, you were a uh, interactive media major in college. So you, mm-hmm. you know, you know what, you got to mix it up every once in a while, but we yeah, got to grab the people's attention. That's right. We do a little thing <laughs> on the show called the 19th soul. Uh, I've adapted 35 questions of Marcel Proust. That one I can pronounce the French <laughs> novelist and one of the most influential authors of the 20th century. His questions were attempting to reveal the truest nature of the individual. Our questions on the backdrop, are attempting to reveal the soul of our of the golfer. So, okay. Ella, are you ready for the 19th soul? I, I think so. I'm a little intimidated, but it's going to go well. Are you familiar with the 19th soul? Have you ever listened to one of these <laughs> podcasts? I listened to one. Okay. All right. Hey, so you've, you've probably heard it Please before. Please don't then. fire me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Believe me, not a, re- not a prerequisite. Uh, well, let's just dive in. See, see what... Uh, your soul shows number one when and where were you the happiest as a golfer um i think at silver lake i worked there for seven years i started golfing there when i was about 20 and on like my second round ever i was out playing with two three of the club pros and both owners and then this other guy who was like off the amateur tour and i hit first everyone's like oh it's off it's gonna be fine like and i don't golf at all at this point like i'm not an avid golfer i put it on the green like a foot away from the pin it's a par three like the coolest hole like you're looking down on it and then the, the one of the club pros goes up and hits his shot and he shanks it right into the trees and that was like <laughs> he's still to this day like what is it like seven years later he cannot live down. He's like, everyone's like, Hey, remember when Ella beat you on that hole? And I think that was just like my like ultimate moment. That's like, I love this. You're like, I'm in. <laughs> oh yeah. 
That's a beauty. Oh, that's a beauty. I mean, our, our so most good. recent, you know, Justin Thomas wins the PJ championship and he's hitting shanks out there. So Eddie, it's going to happen to anyone. Oh my number, God. Yeah. Number two, what's the scariest golf shot? Oh my God. I'm so bad out of the sand. Like I can hit it from like fairway from the rough from the team. But the minute I get in the sand, I freeze up and I'm like, I can't physically do this. This is impossible. Is there anywhere? Is there a specific sand shot that really creeps you out? Really? You're like all of them. I can't do (laughs) any of them. And it's so frustrating. We're going to spend because I used to be able to do it. Let's hang out in some bunkers. We'll figure it out. We should hang out in some bunkers. (laughs) We'll figure it out. Number three, what is your go-to order at the halfway house? Uh, Brat, ketchup only, bag of chips, and a lemonade. Such an anti-Chicago answer. Ketchup. I know. I know. I don't like mustard. I love it. Me too. Me too. Number four, what is the trait you most deplore in your golf game? (laughs) I am really bad at taking my time when I'm putting. And I know that's something that I could fix, but I get so impatient. I wish I could be more patient with my putting, but I just haven't put in the work yet. That is, uh, mm, I relate to that. Number five, <laughs> what, what is the trait you most deplore in other golfers? Um, I, this is not, I just, I like to have fun on the golf course. I don't like taking golf too seriously. For me, it's funny because like the least competitive thing I do is golf, which is a very competitive sport. And so like when I'm out on the golf course and someone's taking it like too seriously and being too hard on themselves, I like, I don't think it needs that much pressure unless you are like Justin Thomas, but I just, I wish people could have more fun with it. Here, here. Number six, what is the quality you most look for in a playing partner? A good time. I want them to be a good time. And I want them to like, not be afraid to like play some music and dance along a little bit. Yeah. I think that's fun. Number seven, what words or phrases do you most overuse on the golf course? I see the F word probably more than I should. You do. You do. <laughs> you know, I see the F word a lot. But you know, I see it like, a, in good ways though. and in bad ways you on do. the golf course. It's an, it's an art form. It's an art form when you, when you mm-hmm. proper, properly used F bombs can be very effective. Uh, at least uh, you think so. Number eight, what golfing talent would you most want to have? I would like to consistently hit my driver 200 plus yards because I used to be able to like when I was playing every day, but I think that would really up my game. <laughs> that speed back get that speed. Yes. Number nine, what is your most treasured golf possession? Oh, my most treasured golf possession. I have been hitting the same driver since I started golfing. Like I will not give that thing up. Like I've gotten new clubs, but that driver is magic and it's cut two inches too short for my height. I think, I think, I think think we just, I think we just solved problem eight with the, the 200 yards with the problem nine ella we gotta drop no. that thing technology has, has i can't advanced. drop that thing i can't and you're you got it's short i mean that is like yeah. five miles per hour right there in the inch on, of a club my the guy who i take lessons from he's like ella you just start, need to start lifting i was like i'll get to it in like a few years <laughs> <laughs> I, I i'm a big stretching proponent that's what i believe but mm-hmm. to each their own hold on your things hold on you if it makes you that's happy makes you happy use it don't listen yeah number 10 what's the one thing in your golf bag you should throw out oh you're gonna this is bad i have like eight golf clubs golf clubs in my bag like eight of them 
And I have like four in the sleeve in the bag. Like, do I need that many? No. I need do one. You, do you rotate them? No, I have one that I like and the rest I don't like. And, but they're in there just, just in case, you know, one gets wet or something. <laughs> it's a just in case. Yeah. I, I, I do that too. Like by the end of the season, I end up having a ton in there for no. They've been in there for like three years, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's time. It's time. Uh, number 12. Have you ever asked another golfer for their autograph? I don't think so. I've never actually been to like a golf like tour event because I wasn't like super into golf until I hit my like 20s, my early 20s. So I don't think I have. More common answer than you think on the show. I, I was surprised by that. Uh, I skipped over 11. What's your favorite job at the golf course? You've worked oh quite gosh. a few of them. Yeah, I have. Um, and I've said it a million times. I've been saying this since I was like, I first became an assistant pro. I said, if I could do it all over again, I would be a super. I think they have the coolest job. They have the hardest job on the golf course. And I think they don't get enough credit. Amen. And they have, uh, uh, they get to hang out with dogs more than the rest oh of us. Oh my gosh, they do. Course dogs. My gosh. And they're done that. early. You get your whole day. Love that. Uh, number 13, what historical golf figure do you most relate to? I don't know. I don't think I have one. I don't, I'm not a huge golf buff. Is there, is there, golf for, is there a golf for people would know that you kind of like, I don't know, inspires you or you, you model your game after, or you, you just, uh, you like, Oh yeah. I think like Michelle, we such a badass. like, she is so cool. And then she like had a baby and totally came back better than ever. Like, I think that is so inspirational. Yeah. That, and her right now, her story too, didn't she just announce like she's stepping back from the game. Yeah. She's going to play maybe, uh, some majors, but she's kind of retiring to do other things. I think it'd be cool mm -hmm. to see what else she does. Cause like her, She's creative as hell, you know. She's yeah. really super smart. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. with you there. I think she's awesome. Number 14, what is your greatest golf regret? Oh, my greatest golf regret, I guess, would not be starting earlier. I I was working at a golf course when I was 16 and I didn't start till I was like 20, 21. And I could have had four extra years of golf. <laughs> I just didn't, I feel like I didn't have the time or the patience when I was like in high school to do it. Yeah. I think a lot, a lot of golfers now to share that sentiment, right? Get, get started earlier. Uh, number 15, what is your favorite golf book or movie? Oh, Caddyshack. It's classic. So it's classic. so funny and it's so good. So I, I still have met members in new club that have never seen Caddyshack and it blows my mind. What? Blows my mind. I will say I've never seen Happy Gilmore because I hate Adam Sandler. <laughs> what is that? My wife hates Adam Sandler. Oh I my God. My wife is obsessed too. Like I've watched a few Adam Sandler movies just for her, but I, I, I mean, cannot stand him. He's not my favorite, but like there are, there is a subculture of people that do not like Adam Sandler. I had no idea about this. My <laughs> wife, she, she won't, she'll leave the room. She's like, this just isn't funny. Literally me too. I don't, I just, I don't know. Can't explain it. Sorry, Adam Sandler, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. Happy Gilmore has, has moments though. Like as a golfer, I, I feel like you yeah. watch that. There's gotta be a couple of times that you'll, you'll chuckle, but um, Caddyshack's the, the goat. There's oh, no, quintessential no golf so, movie. So important. If you're going to work in golf, if you're going to play golf, if you're going to, 
watch golf. You, you got to see Caddyshack because then then you have like oh, yeah. a, a world of new jokes and, and one-liners that, that everyone in golf will mostly they know. Uh, you mentioned music. So this is a good question. 16 is one song to listen to on the golf course for the, the rest of your life. What would it be? Okay. It's a new song. It came out this year. I, I, I feel like I struggle here because there's two, but I think the one go-to is About Damn Time by Lizzo because that is such a feel-good pump-up song and it's a good walk-up song too. So you have to have a good walk-up song if you can only listen to one on the golf course. I'm so... Is, this is the new song? I'm so old and lame. Yeah, I, the new Lizzo it. song. It'll be on our playlist, so I'll we'll, we'll add it. Yeah. That's where, where I'll hear it. It's a uh, great jam. This one's a bit heady. Number 17, if you were to die and come back reincarnated as either a golfer or a golf thing, what do you think it would be? Oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> my first instinct, I'm not going to say. The second in instinct. Go with the instinct. Come on. <laughs> no. You can edit it out um, if it's really, uh, really. This is going to sound really, really dumb. But I feel like I'm the total like mom of my friend group. Like I'm like, I always have snacks. I always have like medicine. I always have like a bandit, you know, like I'm the total mom. So I would be like, I would need a job of like taking care of something. So I feel like I'd have to be a head cover because I am like, I'm such like a, do you have everything you need? Like, can I get you anything? Can I just take care of you forever? That is such a thoughtful answer and makes complete <laughs> sense. Now, having known you and worked with you for a few months, it's, uh, I mean, mothers make perfect, you know, that, that concept for event planning, event coordinating. Yes. Like, yeah, let me get you a snack. Are you hydrated? Let's make sure you're hydrated. Yes, a that is cover, me. A head, a cover. head never, cover. Never had that answer. That is a thoughtful <laughs> answer. Uh, and 18, our last and final question. If you had a motto, maybe you do, what would it be? Oh, geez. I don't think I have a motto. But, oh my God. Wow, I'm really blanking. Um, my motto, I don't have a motto, but... I feel like it would have to be bring a little sunshine to everyone else's day, you know, like just be a ray of sunshine for someone else who might just be needing that, you know, cause you never know. You never know who needs a little sunshine. I love that. I love that. Um, Let's get to uh, Little Sunshine, Ella. I want to know you as a kid. What you? So you're <laughs> oh Chicago through and through. So yes. that's the 19th uh, soul, Southwest by the way. Congratulations! Southwest. Oh, thank you. I forgot to congratulate you on completing the 19th soul. That was well. tough. A few of those were really tough. You did well. Um, yeah, tell us about where you grew up. Um, I grew up in Orland Park, on the, in the southwest suburbs. So not technically Chicago. I know us Chicagoans are like, well, if you're not from Chicago, can you really say Chicago? But I grew up in Orland Park. Um, was were sports really a thing know. growing up? Uh, you didn't get to no, golf. Well, um, I started golfing when I was like 20. So I have always said, I'm not the athletic one in my family. Um, 
I was a dancer for about 13 years. Um, so I loved that, but I did, I quit dance so I could focus on music because I was really big into music. I played the French horn. I still play the French horn. Um, and I've been playing music since fourth grade. So I was less of the athletic sibling and I was more of the artsy sibling for forever still. French horn is, is, uh, at least when <laughs> I was growing up in the, in the, in band and in choir, like the French horn people were always the most talented musicians. Is it a harder instrument uh, of the brass is, section? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people say it is like the hardest brass instrument. It's just the uh, it's it's hard. Like the the mouthpiece is so small, and the inner like the I guess like the increments between the notes are so close to each other that if you're not like perfectly placed. In your hands tuning at the same time it's just a lot of moving parts did um so that took you to because you you wanted to study it right so you went to north central down in yeah naperville yeah naperville. i went to north central naperville Naper thrill what's it the like thrill I, i've drive, driven past north central <laughs> like a hundred times in the thrill like what what's it actually like going to school there um it's actually kind of fun the only like Bummer is that you literally cannot get into a bar till you're like 21. Like it, at like U of I and like those bigger party schools, like you can get into bars when you're 18. But at North Central, there's like every weekend at the door, they're checking like, then they catch everything. I didn't have a thing, but I had friends that did. And like, you couldn't get into that in any of the bars, but it was really fun. It was like a cute, small campus. I met my two best friends there. So that's super cool. And I'm still friends with a lot of people that I went to school with. And so, uh, so from music, did, is that what took you there? And then. Yes. So the concert hall at uh, North Central, it's called Wentz. It's like this, mo it's like this gorgeous auditorium, like theater situation. And I went for the visit. We heard the band play. And I was like, if I don't play in this theater, then I don't want to go to college. <laughs> like I absolutely had to play in that theater. And so I went on, I went into North Central. I wanted to study music and then I did change my mind. I studied interactive media studies and computer science um, because I wasn't quite sure what I would do with music. Um, but I did get to play in four ensembles while or five ensembles while, while I was at school. So I was playing 30 to 40 hours a week with ensemble rehearsal and um, like just practicing on my own. So when people ask me like, oh, why didn't you golf? I was like, I had no time. I was in theater all the time. I was in a practice room with my French horn all the time. Is it, is it like, um, cause when you're doing it for, for school or, or part of a band and it, it, I imagine like my, I'm trying to, my, my relation would be that I played college golf and I just, it was like a thing I did and it I kind of lost the love of it. Cause it was about kind of, mm -hmm. are, are you playing well? You know, it wasn't just about enjoying playing. It was like, what's the number at the end of the day? Like was, did music take that same risk for people? Is it just like, I'm either, you know, is it about, does it, is it hard to not make it about outcome even with music? Um, uh, for me, I didn't really have that experience. Like I loved it and I was joining more ensembles because I wanted to be playing more. Um, but I did have a friend who was always more talented than me and never practiced, who, which drove me crazy. Um, he sat next to me all four years in band and, or three years, cause I graduated early, but we always, we were always, um, wicked next smart. to each other. A wicked smart. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but he or motivated was, or just or, or initiated. I was very motivated. I was ready to like be done. Um, but he was always really a lot better than me. And he was in the orchestra and the band and he played violin and French horn like a fiend, like no other. And he never practiced. And he only did it because they gave a little bit of scholarship money. Um, he never, I don't, he, he, left, he at least never told me that he loved it. He was just like, I'm here for the money. And I was like, Dustin, oh, I'm not. <laughs> the Dustin Johnson uh, yeah. <laughs> approach to live golf music. So it still makes me mad. I'm out of, I've been out of college since 2016. <laughs> and the fact that he's probably still better than me drives me nuts. So do you like, and then out of school, like when you're not part, cause is, does music fill a void for you now? Like, do you still, can you just pick it up and play for fun or what, what, what is music yeah. for you today? Um, with the pandemic, it was kind of weird because we're all musicians and obviously <laughs> us blowing into these wind instruments is not really COVID safe. So I did join a band after college. I joined uh, Lakeside Pride. It's a it's a queer music organization and they have like seven or eight different um, like bands within this organization. So I joined the marching band. And so I was able to do that, which I loved. I love marching band. I still love watching marching bands. Like that is my prime is the marching band. Um, and I, it was great. I loved it. I loved the people. I loved being there, but then with COVID in 2020, the band shut down for like two years. And so then we kind of, all fell out of touch, which is really hard because I have not played since. I was in a couple of bands and then COVID, and now I'm like just trying to get back into it. Yeah, it's it. Uh, that, I I kind of was just curious about it because I know uh, another guest of the pod, Mark Caldwell, <laughs> co-founder of New Club. Maybe we start a new club band. We got the guitar, oh yeah, the guitarist with with Caldwell. We got you in the brass section. Uh, I I I host, pod, I host a podcast, so maybe <laughs> I could do some lead vocals. I don't know. Um, no, that's that's uh, is is the Pride Bank back together? Are you guys like? Yes, awesome. I have not joined this year though. Um, I moved like, out of the city, yep. and it just too much going on. A lot year. going on. There's a lot, a lot going, going on. on. That's okay. I hope you get back to it because that is uh, like it, to me. It's 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 I, again. I'm just drawing the golf analogy. It's kind of like. The things that we grow up and really enjoy doing, they so easily fall out of our life. Yeah. And it's it's as an adult when we start adulting, it's like so easy just to uh, say, "Well, no, I got priorities. I got a job. I got other things to do." But um, but man, it's like if you don't play, I think that's uh, it. It's like as 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 humans, like we're predisposition predisposition to play, and if we don't play, we're not our best selves. And so it's yeah. Music it's, and golf, it's weird. And whatever your sport is, whatever your activity is, just go. You got to do it. You got to make it. time to play because it's mm-hmm. it's in us. It's who we are. Maybe I'll play today. Who knows? I uh, do a little Mozart concerto. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's see. That's uh, your work experience. You've bounced. You not bounced around, but you've been <laughs> at you've been at a a number of places we visit as part of new club. Uh, mm-hmm. You worked at, let's see, Bolingbrook, Ruffled Feathers, uh, Club Champion, and I White Pines. Pines. What? And Silver Lake. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about the big granddaddy. Seven years. Silver Lake was seven year, of those years. Yeah. I mean, um, the host of this year's Honeypot this November. Yes. Uh, Silver Lake. So what um, what'd you learn about the golf industry from the, all those years? Oh, wow. Um, 
I will preface by saying I had a lot of great mentors. And so I think I am the golfer and golf employee that I am today, thanks to Bert Cockhill at Silver Lake, Dave Thompson at Bolingbrook, for sure. Like, like incredible mentors, Terry O'Neill at White Pines. Like I've always had a great base of mentors, which has been huge for me. And I feel like I just learned primarily through Bert, who's my boss for seven years. And he's like golf legend, like dude plays only hickories. (laughs) Like I, like I idolize him and he's so cool. He's worked so hard for his family and he's just this incredible golf God. I will call him a golf God for sure. And just, I think all of these people really just helped instill like a love of golf in me that I didn't have any prior knowledge of. Like I did not go into golf being a golfer. I went into golf being a hard worker and that's what like I wanted to do. And then it just kind of the opportunity presented itself at Silver Lake for me to like be an assistant pro and kind of step up. And I just fell so in love with it. Like I, what golf has taught me, it's just taught me that like, there are people from all walks of life who just love this game and it brings us all together. Um, golf is, I don't know. I like feel like I'm getting emotional. I just, I'm so thankful for to these people for just instilling their knowledge in me. Like, I think not only have they made me a better like employee and golfer and all that, they've all made me a better person and they've all impacted my life. Like, so much more than I even like gave them credit for at the time, if that makes sense. Does and it's just brought great people into my life. It does. I mean, I think it's, <clears throat> it was clear from the get-go and we met you that that you were you were passionate about it from a from a standpoint of like that that love and and I use the word reverence where like you just have so much respect for something that you want to treat it with respect and, and well, and protected and, um, make sure others are enjoying it. And I, and I think that's, that's one thing that, you know, you, you light up when we talk about, it. I wanted to ask you about, uh, something I know you're very passionate about, which is diversity in golf. And yeah. as we both know, and anybody listening to this podcast, golf is not a place known for its diversity. Um, where, when did you first start getting, getting passionate about that, uh, that aspect of the game is getting more inclusion in the game. Yeah. Um, when I started like stepping up at Silver Lake and like trying to take on like a more managerial role and doing more for the club, it's just, I became so passionate about just being able to one include like women in the game, right? Because there's still this like annoying notion that women are bad golfers and they play slow and they're just, like incompetent in a way. And it really bothers me. Um, And I just, at Silver Lake, I was able to, we started a women's league and it was a teaching league. And it was like, we brought together this amazing group of women who were just like, I want to be able to play and not feel embarrassed about it or feel like I don't know the rules. And like, it really started there. And when I realized that I could like make a change and bring women into golf and bring um, like my friends into golf, like I. I came out as a lesbian when I was 20. I was about 20. And I had all of these friends within the the queer community and who also felt like they would love to golf, but it's a man's world, right? Like, so I just tried to bring together like 
my friends primarily in the queer community because that's kind of what spurred it. Like I had friends who were interested, but it was like, oh no, I can't do that. Like I'm gay. I can't be there. And bringing that along in with the women, it's like all these people have been like ostracized from the gang for no good reason. So I just try to do everything that I can from making women's leagues, from teaching women to bringing my friends out and bringing their friends out just to introduce the game and just make them feel comfortable and not embarrassed. I hate that idea that there are people have raged about because they're too afraid of being embarrassed. Like that makes me so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no matter how good you are, you're always going to be embarrassed mm-hmm. in golf. <laughs> so it's like, we, but, but it needs to be that welcoming environment. So like what some things you've done, I mean, you've actually acted on it. So you put together a, one of the biggest, uh, all, all female events, right? I don't know if it was all, all, oh, but yeah. The, the one at Silver so, Lake. Yeah. So I didn't start it, but I did run it for a few years. And while I was there, we grew up from like 300 to like 340, 350 or 360 people. Wow. Cause we decided we started utilizing like the extra nine whole course. And it was like, that might've been, I should have used that as my happiest day in golf. Um, the, we brought together all these women who are just love the game, all skill levels. It's a handicap event. So we have flights, which is great because it gives everybody a shot to like, win yeah yeah. (laughs) and it's just this awesome day we start super early in the morning we bring out a donut we used to bring out like a donut truck and they shotgun i'm driving around like handing out drinks to all these ladies they're like oh my god ella this is great and then at the end of the day we just we come together for a banquet and just our mutual love of golf like and then by the end of the night everyone's a little bit hammered and (laughs) dancing we bring in a dj and everyone's dancing and it's just like it's a celebration. It's a celebration for these women to come in a space where they're truly welcomed. <laughs> I, the, the, um, I mean, it's, it's so, I know it's passionate. You being a part of that diversity, both as a woman, but also uh, as part of the queer community. And I would view you as kind of a leader in that community in the <laughs> golf world, right? No, because seriously, like you're running events, like New club's not small anymore. We have hundreds no. of members all around the country and and you're, you know, helping run our events. And I just, I, I think, I guess the question I wanted to ask is like, what can we as new club members do to be more welcoming to the queer community? Because I think it's something that nobody in golf, it doesn't come up as often, right? Like you're starting to mm-hmm. hear a little bit more about inclusivity of uh, of race, trying to to reach out to those communities. You hear um, obviously more more movements on, on the women's side to, to get more women in the game and to have it be um, gender neutral. We've done some things of, of, uh, of, of our club championship, you know, making the decision like, no, we have a club championship and it's going to be awesome. And it's men and women and we figure out the tease and that's that. But, mm-hmm. but specifically for the queer community, like what can we do um, to be more welcoming? Cause I know there's things that, that we all need to work on. Yeah. Um, I think a big part of that is not, it's just being more educated about like the different, like, the different like sexualities and how people um identify it's like just right now you said men and women but there's a lot of non- non-binary people too like right. just say humans or people and it's just like it's getting that proper education and it's just learning that these people are just people like you are and just want to have a good time and then with that that comes in hand in hand with um 
get educated, but it's not a queer person's job to educate you. Yeah. You know, like I will always, I, I will always educate people because I think that's really important, but it's not my job to educate people. So you can't expect, expect that like every queer person, like you could ask them anything and they'll be like, Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me tell you about it. Yeah, oh, let me here, tell you about my personal yeah. potentially traumatizing experience. <laughs> yeah. And here, here's the, the 70 year history of the LGBTQ yeah. plus movement. No, I, I, I totally hear you on that. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's about being more interested in, yeah, in a way and, and, and being, being curious. Open. Yeah. Yeah. And like not being, just not saying also like ignorant things like, yeah. I'm a lesbian, right? I like I would be it would be really weird if my best friend was like, oh, but you don't have a crush on me, right? Like that would be really weird yeah. for me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that uh God, it makes it makes so much sense. And I just I think, you know, golf, um it, it's so when you when you get down to and the human elements of what we all love in the game, like it transcends all that, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and if we just were to focus on the golf and not the, you know, status of, of things or the exclusivity of things and just talked about the goodness of things, I just feel like it all inherently becomes more inclusive because, you know, there's nothing, there's no secret to hitting a ball with a stick. It's anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. (laughs) And it's, it's ingrained in us from some deep, you know, ancestral history that we just want to do it. And we want to chase the ball and hit around field. And it's just like, that doesn't apply to one sect of people. It just never will. Um, what do you think on the uh, 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 industry side? Cause I know like we've worked at those clubs and, you know, Oh, I have a story for you, man. I was going to say like, there's got to be some, <laughs> some that like and being a, a female in, in golf, like I, what's it like, I guess is, is just like from your perspective and give and some, we can do We can tell some stories here. Um, I, I feel like I need to say some days are better than other others. And like, I would not change anything. I wouldn't change anywhere I work. I wouldn't change anybody I've worked with. Well, maybe one person. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, and yeah, some days are definitely harder than others. There have been an alarming number of just instances where I've been made to feel uncomfortable. Like someone will say something really weird or you'll be alone with someone and then just kind of be like, Oh, I need to leave. Like there's a lot of instances that I don't think wouldn't cross your mind or other people's minds on like a daily basis. Like I have had experiences like where I have been I mean one instance some guy like I was giving out awards on a stage and some guy comes up and like grabs my butt like on the stage in front of people I was like oh my god the audacity and like he was later banned but it's just like (laughs) the like audacity of some people just to like forget that I'm also like human and just trying to like literally do my job it's, it's hard sometimes. It's yeah. really hard for me to sometimes find motivation to keep doing what I do because I genuinely love what I do. And I genuinely love the golf world. And like, it just, there's a few people just over the years who have been just really tested me and my like love for it. You know, it's like, do I quit because of this? Like, I mean, and I mean, I've heard 
I'm not outwardly like a gay person doesn't have to look a certain way, but I'm not outwardly like displaying that I'm gay. And like, I have heard some really inappropriate things. And then it's like, it becomes this weird, like this weird situation where now I'm very uncomfortable, but like, I can't leave. Yeah. <laughs> and like now, not only am I feeling uncomfortable, but like that level of safety that I felt before I heard people like saying inappropriate things is gone. Like it's just out the window. And now I'm in this weird place where I'm wearing an engagement ring and people are like, Oh, you're getting married. Tell me about your future husband. And I'm like, I'm lying because I'm like, you've just said something super homophobic and I don't feel safe in the spot where I am supposed to feel safe. You know, like you should feel comfortable and safe in your workspace. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a heavy thing. Cause it's, I'm just thinking of all the times that, you know, there's in golf, I think it's, it's so dominated by the, the male ego in a lot of ways. Right. And so yeah. you, you end up in situations of locker room talk and, you know, things that clearly are, are meant to be in jest and funny, but like, they're not always considerate of who's around and, and you know, yes. someone might be really uncomfortable to hear that joke. Like, so should you be saying it at all and uh, mm-hmm. be, be funnier, you know, find a better way to tell a <laughs> joke that applies to everybody. Like, um, but, but, but it's uh, it, it's not front of mind in the world of golf, right? It's just not. Yeah. And, and the consideration of others. Yeah. And I, it is male dominated. So you're obviously going to have, the like the locker room talk I'm doing quotations with my hands because I it is like you said it's like am I saying this because it's funny or should I not be saying this at all or like am I not considering that I might be standing next to a lesbian who is married and planning to have a family and like all this stuff you know like totally it's a weird um it's a weird balance that I've just kind of come to learn it took a lot of time but, but it, I, I yeah. figured it out. And now I've like, I came out, like I'm out in my daily life because I'm married now. And I, I have come out. It's weird. I have to come out a lot, but, um, I like, I've been better about to like, about standing up to the bullies and all my like mentors like have been like, yeah, if you want to say something, then say something. And I'm like, okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I think, I think what I've also like, learn from because we've we've talked about this a few times just in conversation with uh traveling it whether it's sweetens or um you know uh all the events we where we got cooking now that we're fully in season and and uh your passion for it and it it does educate in a way because it makes me more conscious i should say of of some things but i think it's like also us as lifelong golfers and, and members of new club who for the most part are like you know, we, I, I like to say we're, we're a diverse group of how we grow up and what our, our thinking is, you know, we don't have any, like, I, I hate the term like-minded frank, frankly, because <laughs> like, if everyone thought the same way, if everyone had the same mind, it'd be a really boring place to hang out and a club to be a part of. So I don't like the term like-minded. I think actually there's a lot of sexism and racism that hides behind that word like-minded and, and what just through conversations with you, I've, I've just been more conscious of you know, how can I personally be better? And one big thing is just calling out the bullshit of people. And I hate to, uh, for the, generally speaking, I got to say this, our members are, are, are really great, but there yeah. 
uh, they're inclusive. They understand that's one of our core values. You know, we, we hit every new member in the face with here's our core values. If these don't fit you don't join this club, but inclusive inclusivity being a huge part of that. I think on the whole, we're, we're pretty strong in that regard and, and welcoming to others, but we also need to improve our consciousness on, on this stuff. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and when people in years past, I think I, I would let something slide, right? You hear just something that's like, okay, that's, that's a bit crass, or that's just going to piss somebody off, or that's just not okay. And, and, and you let it slide and you just kind of move on with your day. Um, I, I really challenge myself, thanks to, to you and others to uh, say, Hey, don't, don't say that like that. And, and yeah. that's incorrect. I, I'll give you the perfect one. Let's go to it on, on, <laughs> on female golfers and pace of play. This has to stop that people villainize women for being slow. It's totally false. In, yeah. in my experience, it has been more, far more the other direction is that the, the woman in the, in the group gets blamed for the three men that are playing slow <laughs> because they yes. have no, and every woman is like you and, and, and fearful in a way that they, they will get called out for, for, so they're so conscious of pace of play that they take yeah. care of their team. So it's, it's, it's wrong because now they're rushing to make up for others. And, and, and in the past, I didn't call out people. I I've had so much sexism thrown my way with conversations mm-hmm. on the club level of like, well, if you're women play, you got to play after a certain time or, uh, uh, oh, our course is just a little too hard for your female golfers. And, and, and I had, I think I told you about this morning, I already had a conversation where this came up and, uh, and, and the, the, the female that they mentioned, I said, Hey, one of our best golfers and, and fastest pace of play, you'll see there is no issue there. And, yeah. and you, and you calling it out is wrong. It's wrong. Mm-hmm. And, they, and it just got silent and, and awkward, but I think more of us have to do that because it just can't, it, as, as now, uh, I think what's also emboldened me in this Ella is, uh, <laughs> being, being a father of, of a daughter yes. that if this world doesn't change now or her, her world isn't going to uh, be impacted and she's going to deal with this same bullshit. And so I, I just, um, I'm on, I'm on this and I hope, I hope members that are listening are also with us in this. Cause like, just don't tolerate it, man. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> any old a-hole who thinks that <laughs> women are any lesser, like they, they need to, they need to step aside because golf is in a great place. It's getting more inclusive it's getting better and and just talk about pace of play like i i think the last thing i'll say because you're you're the expert in this <laughs> you've lived it i haven't lived it i've just observed. i have lived it i just observed but my last thing on this is people don't if if uh if a man most times majority of the time is playing slow uh whether it's the course or their people playing with it, they go hey man like we're, we're falling behind we're a whole back like that's that's pick up the pace and they address it. If a a woman were to be playing slow, they don't address it. They just they mm-hmm. they they change their bylaw or they villainize her or they yeah. and they don't they don't go to and say hey, hey hey Sally like we're a whole behind we all got to pick it up together and just talk with it. We're all human to your point. Like that's that's a reasonable conversation to have and people don't have it and it creates this like secret thing and um that's my last point on pace play. Like I pace play is I'm very conscious and sensitive to it. Anybody in new club knows that because where we visit, we can't play slow. Cause that, that'd be the end of us. Right. We have to be conscious of our pace play and people that just mm-hmm. are afraid to address it. I think you're adding to the problem, whether it's 
you know, any, any gender, any identity, you, you have to call people out. Just talk to them as humans. <laughs> just talk to them as humans. If, if it's yes. a challenge, just say, Hey guys, we got to pick it up. Pick it up. Don't like go to your starter and be like, uh, Oh, it's a woman. I don't want to play behind them. Can you put me in front of them? Like what? Like I, I've been lucky. I've worked at a lot of clubs who are very inclusive and who have been on the forefront. I think of doing better. And like by my, my boss is always being like, well, say something. Then like, that's like, just gives me, yeah, I will say something because if I hear someone being like rude or being like down on other people, because they're worried about the slow play or like it not being a man's sport anymore quotes again, like, I think that's ridiculous. I do think golf has come a long way in a lot of ways and has become more inclusive, but there's, I mean, there's, Everyone can do better. Not just men, not just women, not just the non-binary, but everyone can do better about being nicer. Just be nice. How hard is it to be nice? Just bring a little, just bring a little sunshine, <laughs> as you Bring said. a little sunshine to someone's day, right? Like, yeah. you never know that that woman who's playing in front of you, she might be the best freaking women golfer in the world, and she could be just as nervous about hitting the tee shot off the tee because she's worried how you're going to perceive her. Okay. <laughs> I tell you what, and we all, we all have nerves, you know, like it's, it's one of the mm -hmm. things I think attracts us to it too, is overcoming yeah. those, those nerves that we all get. Uh, but I, another story that's come to mind, we're at a club. I won't leave everything nameless, but uh, yes. I think <laughs> a group of four uh, male uh, new club members were, were on the potty green there and, staff comes over and says, Hey, you guys want to get going. We got, uh, the ladies playing behind you and you know, they're members of the club and, and we're not, but I think it was, I think it was a twosome or threesome too. And, and, uh, you know, we, we set off on the first, just like we were instructed <laughs> on the second D they are literally right behind us. Just like we're playing through. <laughs> and I watched, I watched you know, the two or three, I think it was, I think it was two of them with a caddy. And I watched them just no practice swings, striped two tee shots and just hustled out there. I'm just like, what the hell was he thinking? Like, there's no way we should have gone in front of those two. Like, no. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that you also think it's getting better from your perspective and your, your experiences. Um, I think what sticks with me, think you know, so. what sticks with me from, from our conversation on just diversity and inclusion is just kind of like. It, you're right. It's not your job to educate us, no. <laughs> me, uh, and and others. It's it really should be on us to to want to uh, to be better for ourselves and and um, curious. Like I love the Ted Lasso quote. You know, be more curious than than uh, is it afraid or I don't know. But 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 be curious <laughs> essentially and and go educate ourselves because we can. It's out there. You know, you can learn all you want mm -hmm. about things nowadays. So. Oh yeah. The internet is a beautiful place. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, that's uh, circle back on, on some stuff with new club. Like what, I know you work on a million things, but what are you, Oh my God. <laughs> what are you excited about for the remainder of this season? This will the drop in June. So what are you looking for? Um, in July? What am I looking forward to? I mean, I'm looking forward to everything. I've been putting my heart and soul into this stuff. I love the, like the end product when it all comes together. And like, like I only have the hangout as a reference because it's the only one that I've done so far, but like 
that was so fun and it was so oh, you cool. did the spring and, meeting you did spring meeting. oh uh, yeah that too that was also very fun always very chaotic cool. and it's sweet just, and fun yeah the hangout was a little more mellow yeah. um and i didn't spill any barbecue sauce or refried beans in the trunk of my car so um that was a plus <laughs> uh, <laughs> i just i'm really looking forward to the summer medal because i think that the like the spring meeting was so cool but i think that this this one's longer yeah. it has more golf to it so i think that one's going to be just an incredible incredible it's trip and venue beautiful. I it's just beautiful any of those yeah like, um it's just gorgeous up in northern michigan yes that's yeah. kind of cool probably won't be as hot as it will be here let's hope not <laughs> <laughs> and then getting down to atlanta like i hope to get down there for the brood i'd love i've, I've talked to all of these people so much like via slack and email and stuff but i've never actually met anyone face to face yeah so i really looking forward to just meeting people in person and we and we got like anyone listening you know we've adjusted a lot of of things for events based on on feedback but we've also adjusted based on just your expertise and and running stuff right and and getting it going in a smooth direction and everybody that hasn't been to an event in a little while like get your ass to an event like i don't know how to say it because you you will feel it like it's it's um these are so fun so fun and 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 I mean it. It's like uh, new club is always designed to to improve golf lives, but my life is significantly better because of these events. I've stepped you know aside a little bit on some of these things. It's not <laughs> Maddie boy, you know, running the making the food calls anymore. You you you've taken a lot of that um, with grace, and and uh, it's better. <laughs> it's just flat out. <laughs> our, our events are better, and uh, the tea gifts are awesome. The awards are awesome. So we just gotta get some bodies to to the events and uh, and make it happen. This is great. I, I'm. What did I not hit on? Oh jeez. I have a fun story that I'm gonna put in my blog article about being outed at work. Uh, do you want to share it here, or do you want to? Either way. Yeah, how do we how do we organically work that in? I, I know would, that's the problem. Yeah. Uh, when you say out, when you say outed, what do you mean? Oh, uh, one of my co I was not like out like as a gay person at work. Yeah. And one of my coworkers, uh, like, I told this person in confidence because I don't want to make it a whole thing, like with who it is or where it was, but. I was like not out of the closet. So I was like, not, nobody knew that I was gay except like my three really close friends that I worked with there. And in, I told this other lady, like in confidence, like uh, she was, she was asking me if I wanted to get married someday. And I was like, yeah, but it's going to be difficult. And all of a sudden she goes, are you gay? And I, what am I going to do in that situation? Be like, no. And I was like, yeah, but I'm not out. So I'd really appreciate it. Like, these are the only few people that know. And it was like the people I was like hanging out with every day. Um, so if you could not tell anybody, I'd really appreciate it. And next thing I know, everybody in this person's office, is like, Ellie, you're gay. Ellie, you're gay. And I was like, oh my God. So now I'm in this really weird spot of like, I wasn't out, but now I am out and I have to go and sit my boss down and be like, uh, this happened. So I go into my boss's, we share an office at this point. So I go in, I sit down and I close the door. My boss is like, is everything okay? Like, are you, 
like what happened? Like what is wrong? Cause it's clear that something like is very wrong because I'm so distraught. I was crying. I called my best friend from the bathroom. Like, what do I do? And now that I'm like outed at this workplace where I did not want to be outed, I sit my boss down and I go, I have to tell you something. And I just don't want it to affect the way that you think of me because, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't, I'm still the same person. Like, and so I had to like have this stupid conversation. Like in hindsight, it's really dumb. Like it's absurd that I was thinking this way, but like I sat my boss down and I was like, listen, X just outed me. And I just wanted you to hear it from me that I'm gay. And like, I followed that up with like immediately. I was like, I hope you know that I'm going to still do my job the same and like, nothing's going to change. And like the fact that I had to say that just because part of me, like part of my whole was revealed, it sucked. And luckily this person was incredible, like incredibly kind and, um, incredibly just like, Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Like I would have never doubted that for a second. Like I, and then they were like, do you want to go home? And I was like, yeah, I think I do. It's been a big day. (laughs) It's been a really weird big day. And it was just like, don't out people who don't want to be outed. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That that, that, that was some confidence. (laughs) I was so mad. I, oh my God, I was seething. I was crying. I was like, so distraught. I didn't want to be out. It was not somewhere where I particularly felt like, oh yeah. But is, is afterwards, was it a sense of relief at all? Um, Yes. Yes. There was definitely a sense of relief, especially with like my team, because the person who outed me was not on my, like on my team, not on the golf team. Mm -hmm. And so the two people that I like with the events coordinator and then my boss who was a head pro at the time, um, I did just felt easier. Like I could be like, not, not that I was like talking about like my gayness or like who I was going on dates with or stuff like that. It was just like, it felt good to not feel like I was like hiding it anymore. It felt like I could be more myself with these people. Even if it wasn't, if nothing really changed that much, I still was able to feel more like myself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I can imagine that, you know, on your own terms, you want people to, to know or, you know, where you yeah. feel safe. And I like the protection. I, I could totally appreciate that. Then, mm-hmm. but then I also think like, God, the having to not be your full self or having to like, yes. you know, that just like, feels like an internal prison that no one should have to live. Yeah. And like, now that I'm, I'm more out, I'm older now. I'm like, I said, I'm married. It's like, I'm not as self-conscious about it anymore. Like new club has given me a very safe space. Like I don't feel like I have to hide it here or I don't have to be myself. Like, and I'm like so proud of who I am and I'm so proud to be married to my wife. Like, I think she's incredible. Like, I don't want to have to hide that anymore. Kale's awesome. And I don't, and, I don't, which is really, really, really great. And it's like, it's yeah. the sense of, I want to say belonging because there's still like situations in golf courses where I'm like, wow, I really don't belong here. But there are a lot of places that I'm like, I belong here and I'm gay. <laughs> Sounds so silly, but no, I don't have to. Yeah. It's like hiding part of myself, whether it's for safety or just cause I don't want to, I don't owe anyone like a coming out, but I know, I know it's good to feel safe. 
and and I know part of pride from my other gay friends is that it is about celebrating it, like going yes. from having to hide it. And, you know, I worked at some pretty progressive companies where my friends still didn't feel safe at, at yeah. places that, you know, also celebrate pride. And it's like, man, if you can't be yourself at places that do that, um, how bad is it at places that don't say anything? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I, I think this, this month and why these like, these months I think are really important for consciousness and making us aware is we got to celebrate it. And we want you to tell your story. So I know you're, you're going to share blog posts that I hope people. I and, and, and uh, if other people, you know, part of, if I always want to say community, because I was going to say queer community, but in our community of new club, there are people who are gay. There are people that are non-binary. There are people that are women, that are male, that are all these, you, you name it, but you're all part of this community. And so whatever, whoever you feel that you are at the core, you're not a part of this community if you're not a golfer. That's the only thing. Like if you don't, <laughs> if you don't love golf, you're probably not in this crew. Maybe you are and you hate it and, and you're just self-loathing. But no, I, I think that's the uniting thing. Everything else we want to, we want to celebrate. And, and we celebrate golf every single day, right? We live it, we breathe it, we talk about it, we, we consume it, but uh, let's celebrate who we are. And, and I think that's a big message that I'm taking from this is like, we need more people to do exactly what you're doing, Ella, and just, just share with us who you are and, and we'll celebrate it for you. Um, Sweet. <laughs> so thanks for, for coming on the show. Uh, this is one of my favorite bag drafts of the year so far. Oh my I really gosh. enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. I'm happy that I was able to share some of my story and my journey through the golf world. And I will say, if anybody has any questions, I am happy to educate you, but please do not expect it from your other gay friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and hey, <laughs> if you have all those gay questions, just Ella's got events to run too. Don't hit her at the stinger with a million <laughs> questions. Like, come on, like appreciate her job. That's the other Read thing. Read my blog post. I'm going to put um, some good references, articles, and educational materials at the end. Per there we go. We'll link to all of them. So yes. everybody, thanks for listening. Ella, thank you for joining the bag drop. Uh, I'll see you on the next Zoom. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> Later. See ya. Today's episode of The Bag Drop was brought to you by our partners, True Temper, Golf Blueprint, and this July's official partner in the summer medal in Northern Michigan, Journeyman Distillery. Journeyman Distillery has been distilling artisan spirits for over a decade in their historic Featherbone factory located in the one stoplight town of Three Oaks, Michigan. Grain to bottle and certified organic, kosher and gluten-free, award-winning whiskeys, their stuff is delicious. Check out their full line of spirits over at Journeyman Distillery on all social and journeymandistillery.com.